Hello and welcome to the Blues Guitar Show podcast with me, Ben Martin from thebluesguitarshow.com. Hope everyone is having a good week this week and that everybody enjoyed last week's episode, Guitar Teacher Talk. Um, thank you to all the nice comments I got after that episode. It's really, really cool to hear that people have enjoyed it. And uh, me and Tim will certainly be doing some more collaborations and working together soon. Today I'm talking with Rich Miller, i.e. Rich Slide Guitar, also known as. Uh, Blues in Britain magazine have said he has stunning guitar work that is second to none and I will not disagree. He's an absolutely phenomenal slide player. We have a great chat. He whips out a couple of fantastic guitars and demonstrates a load of stuff to us. So it's really, really cool. I uh, hope everybody enjoys. Don't forget you can check out Rich Miller's stuff by following Rich Slide Guitar on Instagram, checking him out on YouTube and checking out some of his releases either on Bandcamp. So without further ado, here is my interview with Rich Miller. All right, I'm on with Rich Miller. Uh, an absolutely fantastic slide guitarist. I'm really excited to talk about all things slide guitar. But Rich, if you could just give us a little intro to what it is you do. Um, I know you do a bunch of different things, actually. I was listening to the um, uh, one of the podcasts that you were on last night. It was the um, Teacher Talk Radio. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like you got your finger in a lot of different pies. So just yeah, <laughs> give us a general introduction to you. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've had I've had various jobs over the years. Um well, before we start, you know, I, I worked on and off in academia over the years. Um, As a doctor I, of, was it doctor of philosophy? Philosophy, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've worked, yeah, worked in academia. Um, my, my main income's from uh, I train MMA guys, mm. so uh, it's a bit, I know, it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit, bit different from, um, from from academia. But that was just something I fell into, you know. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know, it was over, over, over many years. Uh, and then I've been a musician on and off again since I was about sort of late teens, early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've just kind of over, ver- over various times in my life done more of one thing than the other. But I, I think the, uh, the slide guitar has been a kind of backbone really to, mm-hmm. um, to my life. You know, I'm nearly 50 now and I'll probably play it as much now as I did when I was, you know, 18 and 19. Yeah. Find, find <laughs> How do you think? Because um, I, I was so I've, for a lot of years, I was really into martial arts. Yeah, um, lived in Asia for a bunch of years. Um, oh, wow. Trained in China, trained in Thailand, and oh, then uh, in the last sort of three or four years, got really into ultra running. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm wow. one of these like I'm, I guess you're probably quite similar, but I'm one of these guys that gets quite obsessed with stuff. Yeah, um, and I feel like whatever it, whatever I start doing, I want to just take it as far as I, I can do it. And a curse that one, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How do those things kind of link up for you? Do you find that there's a kind of connection between your your martial arts training and music? I mean, I, I guess sort of philosophically, in some respects. I mean, to me, um, the guitars are, are just a kind of very creative process. You know, it's um, improvised, and 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 the better I've got it, it the the more improvised it's become, um, and. Really, I think uh, I guess what drew me to to martial arts originally was 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 that really you, know, you sort of I think it's um, Bruce Lee said um, what is it? It's martial arts is a pure athletic expression of the soul. So I, I, and, and that's you know it's quite a poetic way of putting it, but it but it's I think it's a, it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? You learn a set of tools and then you apply them, uh, and it's up to the person practicing it to then put as much of them. Through, through their sort of chosen media, whether or not that be 
um, martial arts or guitar or, you know, poetry, writing, whatever you choose to do. Mm. I think it's this kind of um, pursuit of uh, just ways in which people can be creative in. I think it's really important. And and, and I think for me, the guitar, it it serves that purpose as much as anything. You know, I've had periods in my life where I've played, it was my primary income. uh, And I've had periods when it's not been, and I've still always gone back to it all the time. And and the only times it's really got too much is when I felt pressured to 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 stick to one kind of area. I, I guess that, that's why I, I am a solo player primarily, because uh, I, I don't I find practicing as part of a band and and playing actual songs. I, I find it difficult. Mm. You know, it's not like I can't sit here and say you know it's uh it's not that it's boring. It's it yeah I find it I. I find it a struggle, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple of things you said in there. One of the things you mentioned was that the better you get at it, the more improvised it becomes. Mm. It's interesting. Um, when you're doing kind of show, because I know you do quite a lot of gigs, um, mm. obviously solo gigs. Um, how much of that's planned? Um, well, so w- w- when I was playing a lot, I, I was... I, I ha- I played a lot of sort of background music in restaurants, mm-hmm. or weddings, corporate stuff. So they all, all they were interested in was a kind of sound and nobody's actually listening to you unless you stop. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a good spot to be in because if, you, if you're out like two hours a night and, and you know, you, you're playing for that and sometimes three hours and you're just background music, it, it gives you the sort of kind of luxury to explore songs in, 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 you know, in a myriad of different ways. And the kind of more I did it, the more I became, um, you know, you work the fretboard out, the map of the fretboard. I think that period really allowed me to open up ideas around picking and my, my sort of right hand playing, mm. which I, I feel for slide playing is the, the kind of, I wouldn't say it's the missing ingredient, but it's it's the bit that's often missed. You know, it's you can look at tablature and stuff for, for a left hand or, or, or music or people can show you licks, but really the, the expression is in the right hand for me and all the relationship between that and the left and, and how it's dampened, the, you know, the, the notes you choose to pick. Mm. Um, did that answer? Yeah it's, it's really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's really interesting that, because I think um, one of the big challenges with slide guitar is uh, firstly, I think there's quite a big hurdle to get over when you first start. I think there are several kind of, um, I think there are several kind of setup things that you need to get your head around, you know, which, which slide is the right size for you, mm. which finger you most comfortable with it playing on, making sure your action's set up in a way that, you know, you can actually do it. Um, but I think one of the big challenges is, is knowing where to start and with what. So if you were to, what, what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to start playing slide guitar, who can already play, but hasn't tried playing slide? Um, well, I think, um, I, I, I would the, the first thing you've got to do is kind of work out what it is you want to sound like, because um, I was thinking yesterday. You know, I knew we were going to chat today, and I was, I was, you know, inevitably we'd end up talking about slide players, and 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 I think you know there's there's a big difference between like a, a Derek Trucks and a Kelly Joe Phelps, mm-hmm. or, or a, you know Chris Whitley or Robert Johnson. You know, they're they're they're, they're very different players, and they, they approach it in a different way, and it will require different sets of techniques and, and tools. So, you know, if you're an electric, I mean, and again, not not huge, but I think it, it, it is, there are a number of variables you've got to consider there. Mm. Um, so I'd say the first thing is, is is to get the sound that you want to play, what it is you want to play. 
uh, and learn songs. I think that's that's a good way. And I, I know I've just sort of <laughs> it's that's you know I'm, I was talking about improvisation and everything else, but you've got you have to start somewhere. And um, I think one of the things with guitar players, whatever style you're starting off, you can spend a lot of time kind of jamming and just playing around, which is which is great, which is uh, you know a, which which is great when, you, when you're in a place to be able to do that. But I think when you're starting off, you've got to sort of hone your techniques, as it were. Large part of that would be like dampening and stuff and and, uh, and just sort of technical approaches. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the sort of stuff that you have when you're looking at playing slide guitar that you perhaps don't have so much uh, with other styles. Yeah. I think the right the right hand approach is different, isn't it, as well? You know, the are you going to use a plectrum? I, I, know, I can see some picks are becoming popular again. Um, you've got these sort of hybrid thumb picks. Have you seen these? They're almost like a, they, they sort of loosely sit around the thumb. So you've still got kind of a, a plectrum feel to it. And you can. No, I've never tried one of those. No, I've, I've seen them. I've seen some players get some good results with them. Um, what would you, are you a fingers? You, you use fingers, don't you? Yeah, I play finger style. I, I have a thumb pick and I use it. Um, I use it sometimes. Um, but if I, it's, it's one of those things, if I don't use a thumb pick all the time, it feels really weird when I start. Yeah. Using it. And, um, my background is that I started off playing classical guitar. So I've got right. that classical, um, I'm left-handed, but my picking hand, I've got that classical style. Right. Um, so yeah, I, so I find it, um, it feels quite awkward to use a thumb pick, but if I practice it enough, I can, I can get it there. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't tend to do a lot of, um, a lot of flat picking unless I'm playing a gig where I'm playing electric. Yeah. No, I, I, I... I think when I started off, I, I, I kind of confused myself a little bit with different right hand, <laughs> as we all do, you know, different right hand approaches. I mean, I tried because I started with a steel guitar. Mm. Um, I, I went with the, the steel finger picks. Um, then I went down to a thumb pick. Then I was really into Rory Gallagher at one point. So I was trying a plectrum and my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've tried most approaches over the years. Uh, I mean, an intro. Have you ever seen Chris Whitley play? No, I don't think so. So he used that. He used held a plectrum and then had steel picks on the other fingers. Oh, really? It allowed him then to get a real kind of percussive sound. And yeah, and yeah. Like he, he wasn't really a kind of a lead a lead player. He was more, you know, uh, very rhythmic kind of triplets and stuff that he, that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel a bit like an unexplored world. That kind of um, right hand side of things. Yeah, it's kind of like I mean, because I'm so. One of the things I was talking to uh, David Hamburger about is that yeah. he knows a lot of uh, American folk guys, and a lot of them have a background in banjo. Yeah, and when you play the banjo, you get this kind of claw hammer technique um, that you really rarely see um, yeah. people use on guitar. But it, I mean, it sounds amazing. It just gives a whole different approach to to finger picking. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it uh, that was the podcast he was talking about pattern picking versus mm-hmm. yeah. I started off sorry with um with uh, looking at the I call it the thumb bounce but the alternate alternating bass with the thumb mm-hmm. and say if you're in uh, if you're in open D you know between the two D strings mm-hmm. and the kind of if you, if you're there's a a school of thought you know that you must keep this bass going all the time um, yeah. and the other approach would then be on a, like a monotonic bass on you know, on one string and keep that going all the time, like a sort of big wheel broomsy kind of like a pop to it. Yeah. So I spent a long time trying to get that down, you know, and it's, it's a hard technique to do that to then 
isolate the, the, the single notes. And then, I mean, my, my, the, the tipping point for me was slide. So I, I started off, my dad was a big Muddy Waters fan. Mm. So um, I, I sort of grew up listening to, uh, to yeah, to, to Muddy. And um, I played slide when I was, you know, I had a, had a, a classical guitar myself, you know, just around the house. I'd, I'd plunk things on and I, and I started playing. And probably by the time I was 17 or 18, I was taking it more seriously. And um, I played, uh, I think I had a Stefan Grossman uh, audio cassette book thing. Which oh, yeah. Slide, yeah, it was, it was on like country blues. I remember learning freight train and, and, and stuff like that through it. Because it's before the YouTube, so it was, it was, it was harder to, to get stuff down there. Um, but so I was playing slide quite a bit and I, and I had this, I bought the first national I'd had and then it was, it was 2000. I think it was, I was at the jazz cafe and I saw Kelly Joe Phelps. Mm. Um, I think it was the shine eyed Mr. Zen tour. I'd, I'd, I hadn't really seen, you know, I'd, I think I'd seen a, a, an article in a Mojo magazine for him at the time or something, but I went to watch it anyway. And I, and I, I, I I was just, you know, just blown away. He was absolutely amazing. It, it, he, his, yeah, his playing was not like anything I'd ever seen before. Mm. At that point, he was playing the uh, wooden, I think it was a guild he had, and he had a Martin on his lap. Um, and That's it was awesome. just, just mind blowing um, what, what, what he did. You know, it was, mm. I came away from that gig thinking, God, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I just, where, where do you start? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, that was a that was a big change for me. Hear, hearing him play, you play a bit of lap steel, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I I've got uh, so like this is this is the original. This is a a, a Delphi that mm. that I've got here, and um, I've I have this um, this action razor put up. So this this is a regular guitar, and then I've, I have like this. It's like a sort of finger shaped false fret that slides underneath it. Oh, it kind of looks a bit like a capo. You, 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 well, it's just, you can see. It's oh, just, I see it's under there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I just capo on top of it. Mm. It means any any of the, I've got three nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of the guitars I, I, I can use, I can then use them on lap. I think the lap allows you to play um, a kind of different sound to the upright stuff, especially in, in the kind of major sounding songs. Mm. It, it, it allows you to... Um, so you sounds great this kind of sound and and, and, and it, if you're singing as well you can just play along with the bass notes and um just sort of roll around with stuff on there and you you can get if you play behind the slide on the upright, you can get the same notes. Obviously, you can you mm-hmm. can dampen bits out, but on the lap, I just it's a really free way to play. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if you know if anyone's playing slide, it's worth um, you know looking into. If you let's just say you, I always recommend I think starting off in one tuning and getting to know that well first. So if it, let's just pick on open D, you know, play play your stuff in open D, uh, and then find some way of playing it on your lap you know you can, you can get these sort of action raises mm. and then try and uh work out the stuff then on the lap slide and it, and it just just gives you new ideas basically it, it's uh yeah i mean i find <laughs> changing tunings does the similar thing for me i think yeah you know i sort of get to a point where if i'm playing and i do a lot of open tuning playing um 
And then it sort of gets to the point where I'm like, oh, I just need something different. So just even sometimes change back to standard, kind of just mm. gives you something different to work with. Do you, do you play slide uh, in standard? Uh, I have, yeah, sometimes. I mean, generally the slide stuff that I do would be in, in open D or um, dad gad tuning, something like that. But right. um, yeah, I mean, I have done, I have done a bit of slide in open, uh, in standard tuning. Yeah. But I mean, I must admit slide is not my, my forte. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's something that I really I, I want to work on. Really, I want to get better at it. Um, but it's, yeah, I think one of the things that I find difficult is I find it difficult to uh, learn stuff like yeah. learn like slide songs, like especially if I'm looking at kind of old Delta Blues type stuff. Yeah, trying to work out exactly what they're doing, I think, can be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and and I think it's. Um... It's largely again down to that sort of right hand attack with them, you know. The not not many of those old players had had the kind of, the, you know, a few of them did obviously had the sort of thumb bounce. It was very very rhythmic. A lot of them broke away from those patterns. Mm. I mean, the one um, Robert Johnson's one of one of my favourite of, of of that that era, the preaching blues song that he did and Crossroads Blues. Mm. I, I, I love the sort of attack on that. But if you listen to what he's doing on the right hand, it's, uh, it's, it's where's it? Let's slide on. I've got one. Um, you know, he, rather, rather than having like a, uh, you know, you, you know, the preaching blues song. Yeah. It's, um, you know, rather than it being like a, I think he's hitting just on the middle D here. And you're getting that damp, damp and pick afterwards. So so it's kind of like not, you're not actually, you know, he's breaking away from those patterns. Mm. And it's, and it's, it's almost, it's a bit like when you hear, players talk about uh you know bb king and stuff it's, it's, it's what you don't play it's 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 very subtle changes i think in the right hand pick that give you the yeah. give you that kind of feel and, a, and a, an approach and also as well you know uh, those guys you, you get the recordings of them they, they would have been different every night wouldn't they absolutely yeah. and i think there's i mean there's a real kind of um i think especially when people are trying to work out you know songs that are by robert johnson or skip james or any mm. you know the sort of uh, charlie patton really early guys yeah. um, there's a tendency to try and force force them kind of into the metronomic time that we're used to yeah you know we're used to things being in four four time and being totally yeah. constant and actually if you listen to them they're, they're all over the place really with like, yeah. you know speeding up slowing down you know um and it's the same thing with the patterns i think often people learn these songs and it's difficult when you're used to looking for a pattern and trying to go and make sense of it. It's kind of a different way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a, a guy that really opened up my mind with the slide stuff. So I, I could say around, I think it was around 2099 that, that I saw Phelps for the first time mm. um, was a uh, Reiner uh, Pacek. Uh, have you ever come across him? No. So he was uh, from Tucson. Uh, just a you know a fantastic songwriter who used um, he passed away sadly I think it was it, it was in the mid nineties late nineties he was a he played um, a duolian with mm -hmm. a thumb pick but he was the first guy that I'd heard playing behind the slide 
So there's, there's an album called it's, it's his live one, live at the there's something art house. I think it's called. I'll have to you know get back to you on that one. But it's 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 a fantastic album. And he was the first person I ever heard use a loop as well. Oh really? Kind of like. Uh, not all the time. He didn't overdo it, but on a couple of them, you know, you know, you get you get an album, you're listening. I think, guys, oh, it sounds like two guitars now. And it yeah, realise, you know, it's a, uh, he's very. Um, it's quite little... nice when you realise that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I shouldn't be expecting myself to be. Able yeah. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's only got two hands, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, but he was um, he he wasn't as um. I don't want to say virtuoso because you know, in many respects, he was, but he it was just again creatively what he did with with the steel guitar i think i think once i mean i still love the old blue stuff and i still love playing it and i feel the energy you get when you're playing it especially live you know mm. they're great songs to sing but if you're like me and you know i, I you know i can vaguely find my way around a, 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 you know a normal guitar and, and an electric but it's not really not really my, my, my thing, you know, it's, mm. if, you, if you're stuck with a slide, <laughs> you're kind of then trying to explore as many different avenues as you can. And absolutely that r- listening to Rhino play uh, and uh, the chord shapes he got by, by playing behind the slide and, and, and the, the runs and stuff, it, it's, it, that opened up my eyes quite a lot to mm. possible. Have you ever heard of a player called, um, I'm going to butcher his name now, uh, <laughs> Paul Bjorn Sorensen? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, fantastic slide player, and he—it's really interesting because he—he there's an album I think he released just called Slide Guitar, maybe in 2009 ish, right? Um, and it's basically it's a it's I don't know how to describe it. He basically plays it's not blues, yeah. It's it's very blues inspired, but he's playing something that kind of it's almost like he's playing classical guitar but with a slide, right? Very very cool. I mean, I've heard the name. I think I've seen him on you know YouTube a couple of yeah, yeah. He's a great player. Have you got any any, anyone else that you listen to? Slide wise, Um, I mean, I guess most of the slide stuff I'd listen to would be would be blues stuff. Blues, because I mean, I'm I'm big into you know the uh, the very old blues stuff. Mm. Um, I think there's kind of for me there's like a there's a kind of period that I really like, and it's it's I guess it's probably around the sixties, but the sort of Mississippi John Hurt um, era right. players, and that's where I think the fingerstyle blues really kind of um, starts to become, you know, really, really good and intricate. Yeah. Um, with players like him and Mans Lipscomb, so that's kind of where I um, exist most of the time. Right. But yeah, I mean, I really, I always love, I love listening to people play um, kind of different takes on stuff and. Yeah, him, he, him playing a kind of, it's like a mixture between playing Delta Blues and classical music. I mean, it's really, really cool. And it almost sounds like playing fretless guitar. Well, mm. I'll, I'll have to revisit his stuff. Uh, yeah. More. What, did you ever hear um, another, well, one of my favourite kind of uh, blues, acoustic blues albums was um, Big uh, Alvin Young Bud Hart. Yes, oh, Young Blood Heart. The um, Big Mama's is it Big Mama's, Big Mama's House? Big Mama's House, that's it. Yeah, or Big Mama's Blues. I don't know. One of them's an Eddie Murphy movie, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great album. I think yeah. that's got a track. Uh, whatever the title track is, I think, yeah. it's, I think yeah. it's track one. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, we yeah, got to, me and my son went to see him. He came to um, oh really? Came to Hemel Hempstead, yeah, to a little oh. art house there, and we watched him play, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Excellent. You know, he's got that. He's got that really like um, 
authentic kind of raw sound, isn't he? And mm. he gets a fantastic sound out out, out of the national. Mm. And he he has that uh, you know the the Charlie Patton kind of thumb pop bouncing that he does so well. Yeah, it's really cool, really percussive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much so, and an incredible voice. You know, when you hear, him, I mean, it's great on the album. I mean, when you, you know, it's, it's people you hear it live, it's like wow. That was the thing I think with um, with uh, uh, Phelps that, that you know when you saw him live, his the, the vocal was was incredible. You know, it would it would stand alone if he if he didn't have the guitar, he'd come away thinking, oh, it was a good gig. What an, what an, what an amazing voice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's 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 funny, isn't it? Because you kind of. It, like, and a lot of um, particularly acoustic blues, fingerstyle, slide, whatever it is, um, you kind of think of the vocal as being secondary to the guitar playing. But, you know, for a lot of these players, it's not like it's, you know, they're also yeah. amazing singers. Um, and it's no mean feat quite often to, um, you know, to play music that intricate and sing at the same time. It's not easy. I think I think as well, I don't know about yourself, you know, when, when you're gigging, I think, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a kind of... Um, you know, you you sat there in front of people, and you, you play the guitar loads, and you focus on the guitar, and and you know that's the, the first love, and the, and the vocal comes afterwards. And sometimes the the nerves from singing can then get in the way of uh, of you playing. You know, I think that's again, if anyone had any sort of ideas of being you know, a blues fan, just practice singing. You know, because it it does get better. Your vo- your voice improves just like your playing does, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. And it's it's very rewarding to be able to play. You know, if you want just the, the sort of old blues period, to be able to sing the songs yourself and put your own stamp on them, you know, it's a, it's a rewarding thing to do. Yeah, definitely. And I totally hear that. I mean, I think, um, well, so I do I do uh, quite a lot of gigs, a bit like yourself. I do a lot mm-hmm. of solo playing. Um, and I, I never, almost never practice singing. <laughs> Yeah, it's playing, you know, playing the songs and, you know, I sort of hum along. But, you know, I live in a I live in an apartment building, so I don't want to be belting it out every night. Yeah. Um, and I, I almost think there's probably part of me that's trying to like, if I can get really good at the guitar, I can compensate for if I, if I <laughs> the vocals, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's so true. You kind of you kind of forget about that whole aspect of it. Um, yeah. But it's 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 um, it's I think when you start to learn particularly the old Delta Blues stuff and you practice singing and playing it, you st- it. I think it helps. Yeah. I think for me, especially Robert Johnson stuff, like um, sometimes things like Kind Hearted Women Blues is one mm. that I play a lot. Um, during some of the vocal parts, they're, all he's doing is hitting the, the A string. Mm. And, you know, when I was just playing the guitar part, I'm going, well, it can't just be that. I mean, it must be, you know. But actually, when you're singing it, it makes total sense. He's, he's playing that bass part, and then when he stops singing, he plays the melody part. And it's, yeah. Yeah, his 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 vocal was in, was incredible. Mm-hmm. I did hear a thing about um, again. I'm not I'm no expert on uh, Robert Johnson, but I'm sure I heard that he was. They recorded a different pitch. Is that true? Did, did, have you heard of that? So in actual fact, you know his voice sounds really. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. really, they're actually recorded in G. Oh, really? Down a step, and I, I, I again I, I can't remember where I've heard that. Uh, I'd have to. All, all of my Robert Johnson questions get. Aimed towards uh, Martin Roper. You know, yeah, so you know Martin, don't you? you yeah, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, he's a great player. He's a really, yeah. really good. Yeah, great player and 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 a really, really bright guy who uh, mm. who's who has an amazing you know mind for sort of history and uh, and facts and researches stuff. Mm. And he's you know his Robert Johnson stuff. You know he he he's, he goes to all the primary sources. So I'll, I'll have to check it with him on that one, but. 
I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, from what it sounds like, I think that that could be the case because there, all those recordings sound slightly strange. Yeah, like there's something off about them. Yeah, you know, in, in in you know in the best way, but there is there is something that you can't listen to. Go, it sounds odd. Um, but um, yeah, it kind of adds to the sort of he's got a real haunting sounding voice, which I think is one mm. of the coolest things about it. I'm just interrupting this episode to let you know about the Blues Guitar Show Plus membership. Plus members get access to weekly lessons each Friday complete with tabs and downloads. For just $5 a month, you'll get instant access to nearly a year's worth of guitar lessons covering finger picking, fretboard theory, soloing, improvising slide and much, much more. If you're tired of bouncing around on YouTube trying to pick up bits of information from here and from there and you find it hard to commit to regular lessons, this is for you. Details of how to join are in the description below. Now back to the episode. Yeah, his voice was excellent. My other favourite, and I probably, I mean, I played um, last week and I, I, I realised like all of the sort of blues covers I've done were Sun Houses. <laughs> oh, I really? love Sun House. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah. He's, again, for his vocal, he's, he's yeah. vocal attacks. Amazing. He's, yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. I remember, that, I, th- I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a, um, there's a documentary called It Might Get Loud. And I think it's um, it's basically it's three guitarists sitting together chatting, and it's um, it's Jimmy Page, Jack White, and I think the whatever the bloke's name is from U two, yeah, Edge, and they're just chatting about stuff. And I think uh, Jack White talks about Sunhouse, and he talks about the song um, "Grinning in Your Face." Is that right. what it's called? And it's basically it's um, it's a song where it's just vocals and yeah. clapping. Oh, and he's right. just he's just singing and clapping, yeah. and it's it's, it's amazing. It's um, it's amazing because he's, he's not clapping in time as well. He's just clapping yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and Sunhouse is great for that. I mean, some of the, um, some of the live Sunhouse recordings is like, um, I just, I think he's obviously an incredible player and writer, but when he played live, he would, he would quite often just chat with the audience. For, yeah. Yeah. For a large period. <laughs> yeah. He clearly enjoyed it. Uh, you know, a tipple or two, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool. In amongst the playing. And I, I think his, uh, his, yeah, just his, his attack, you know, like you say, the vocal, the guitar, I mean, that, that one where he's got, there's a recording of him doing, um, uh, death letter blues, mm. you know, it's like, I always say to anyone when, you know, what, What's your favourite player? One of your favourite players. So just just go and watch that because it's not it's not overly complicated what he's doing. It's there, again, it's that crashing right hand, isn't it? And and the, the drive he gets through it, fantastic voice. I think my favourite one of his is uh, Preaching Blues. Mm. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic awesome. song. And they, they've re- recently re-released a load of his stuff and remastered it. You can find that on YouTube. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, those are. Re- I mean, I really like the remastered stuff because. Uh, I feel like each re-release they get it gets clearer and you yeah. you know getting closer and closer to to how it sounds. I mean there's uh, there's obviously something really special about the original recordings but mm. you know the sort of the amount of crackle that you've got to listen through to get to it is it's very cool when they remaster it and you can't yeah. especially live stuff like um because Sunhouse is one of the ones where I think you know we there's quite a lot of recorded stuff that you can go through which right. is cool because cool. obviously people like um Robert Johnson, you know, there are only, I don't know what it is, 17 recordings or something, yeah. you know. Um, and that's, yeah, that's one of the really cool things about him. And it's a bit like, um, uh, as I was saying before, a bit like Mississippi John Hurt or anybody who's kind of slightly later period, you get much more recording of them, which is 
Char mm. yeah, Charlie Patton was a guy that I, you know, I, he was, I came back to him after listening to Alvin because mm. he played a lot of his stuff. And you, you, again, it's it's as it would have been with you with a pretty, pretty sort of direct versions he was doing. And then I went back and, try, you know, you can appreciate what Charlie Patton's doing a bit more. But the original records, it's not like a, you've got to work through the sort of scratches, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. And it's really cool, I think, when you, you find people that can take these really old records and kind of they can, you know, get, breathe new life into them. Mm. There's a guy, um, American player called Buffalo Nichols. I don't know if you come across him at all. Yes, yeah. He's a really good, yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant player as well. But yeah, uh, yeah he sometimes does covers of that kind of stuff. Um, and along with uh, everybody in the um, Burnside family, you know, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's about six of them that are releasing albums now. Right. <laughs> they're like the uh, they're like the Gracies of of blues. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It was oh, R.L. Burnside, and then then now there's Cedric, and there's, it's, you've got about four or five kids. Yeah, Bob Marley's kids as well. Um, right. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of um, people breathing new life into these songs, and I think it's one of the really really cool things. Yeah. Well, do you play electric slide much, or is it is it acoustic? No. Yeah, I only really play it on acoustic. You? No, well, I've I've got uh, I've got um, you know a, a, an SG mm. which um, I periodically plunk around on with the slide, but I I don't know I'm I'm just what what I do doesn't translate too well onto it. I don't think you know if it, when it's overdriven, I, I lose a lot of the kind of the picks that I've been talking about. You know the, the mm. rolls and uh, and stuff. Um, it's a bit of a different style, though, isn't it? With that yeah. Derek Truck style um, electric slide stuff. Oh, I mean, I, I love listening to Derek Trucks. He's just, you know, mind-blowingly good. I saw him in London just before COVID. Oh, really? Lockdowns. Yeah, yeah. We went, we went and watched him, and he was, yeah, he was at, yeah, just as you would expect. You know, yeah. the whole band's amazing, and and when he starts soloing, I think it was mm -hmm. uh, the sky is crying. Is it? I think he did there. It was just like jaw-droppingly good yeah i saw a uh there was a really good video of him playing with bb king and mm. uh obviously it was in you know it was late much later bb king so he's yeah. sort of sitting on a chair sort of I think I've seen that one, playing yeah. a couple of notes and uh he's you know he does his usual take a solo and he lets him take a solo and he goes take another one yeah <laughs> <laughs> and bb king would just sit there doing his doing his arm dance thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's and uh, Joey Landris as well. If, if, if you listen yeah. to him, he's great. I got into him recently. I mean, he's he's a, 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 a phenomenal player. Mm. He seems to get a, quite a. Uh, I've, I've I've watched him play um, his mule uh, a resonator mm. and the uh, the the gold top that he uses. And I mean, he's he's really good. I mean, he he can he can go on to the electric style sort of effortlessly, and then he's mm. finger picking and. It's uh, it's something that um, again, I think if I, you know, obviously if you've got a band, it it would, I'd I'd, I'd think more about that yeah, kind that of stuff. Right? It makes a big difference, doesn't it? Because it's, it's yeah. hard to practice that stuff. I think solitary, you know, mm. like um, the sort of um, when you're playing acoustic slides guitar, it's you can you sit and practice it on your own, and that's what it's going to sound like. Yeah. Um, but I actually found this with um, so I used to do a lot of bass playing. Yeah. Is I find it quite hard to practice bass on my own, you know, right. and it needs to be in context of what it's going to be like, and it's yeah, yeah. So that's kind of one of the challenges, I think, for that for that style. Do you have you ever played a mule resonator? Y yes, I played um, uh, a friend of mine, Casper, mm. uh, who's he's got one, um, 
he's a great, great blues player. Um, he's a you know, young guy. I sort of, it's, uh, he plays with a band. He's got, he's got an electric band and he does like solo stuff, but he's, he's got a, he's got a, a mule and I played it. I, yeah, I thought it was lovely. Really nice. Are all of your ones nationals? Um, yeah, so I've got, I've got this, uh, I've got this, um, Triolian. This is a 1930, this one. Uh, I got this. Actually, it was Martin that got me this. I was going to say Martin's like a like yeah. an encyclopedia on yeah, on, yeah. On is, isn't he? So uh, I've got this. Uh, I've got this 1930 Triolian, which which you know this is probably my favourite. This isn't the, the main one I'll use. Um, I've got a 1932 Stylo, mm. um, which uh, I've just got back. Actually, Steve Evans just put one of his cones in it, and it and it's sounding. Sounding really nice now. Um, a slight, a slightly different sound. It's not as, it's not as full as the uh, the triolian. Mm. It's got more of a kind of um, a banjoy twang to it. I think. I was going to say it's got definitely more treble on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I had this Crevo pickup put in it. Because I, I don't know about you with your your resonators, but sort of finding the right sort of amplification or pickup in them yes, is an absolute nightmare, you know. Uh, and I've got the this is the original national that I, that I bought mm-hmm. many years ago. Um, was it ninety seven, ninety six? I think it was in there. Um, it's a Delphi, so it's a resophonic Delphi. Mm-hmm. And I, I now use this one for lap. That's the one I just you know played on the, the lap. Played, yeah. played on the lap there. And, and, and now this one's got a Highlander pickup in it, mm. which for me are, are easily the best pickups you can put in them. Um, but they've gone bust now, I think. So you, you can't get them. Oh, now. And and you've got the other one as well with the Highlander. They have to drill into the dish and stuff. And it's yeah. This was a bit sort of nervous about getting the old yeah, ones, especially when they yeah that old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing with the Crevo though is it's it's. I mean, it is a, it's a kind of humbucker. Is you you do kind of lose a little bit of that nasally kind of tone, right? The the the, the mules come with a pickup. Or I think they've got they have a, a sort of mini humbucker already in them, mm. so it's kind of ready to go. The the only trouble I think with those, to be honest, is it's for the same price as one of those. You can get an old national, yeah. And, uh, again, it's uh, it's all personal preference. I mean. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just, I just had these, you know. I just gone with them over the years. What made you? Uh, what first attracted you to um, playing resonators? Um, is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. I think it was that idea of, uh, like I say, my dad used to play Muddy Waters all the time when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it was just that kind of, 
that idea of being you know like a, a blues guy with a guitar that would turn up play on your own mm. you know pack up and go and you just there was one man and one guitar mm. and that seemed like the guitar to have i i, I thought and I, i'm pretty sure the album the muddy waters album we, we, we had kicking around the house had had a, a steel guitar on the front of it so i, I kind mm. of had that in there um and um so the the the, the delphi I, I walked into a guitar shop. It was just one. I've only had this once, you know. I walked in there. I, I, I think it's about like I don't know, nineteen or so, and, and I saw it on the wall, mm. and it was one of those. You know, I thought, you know, I must have that guitar. <laughs> so uh, you know, traded a load of stuff in, and I just got a credit card. And I was I was a hod carrier at the time, you know, oh, wow. bricks up and down on a building yeah. site. So I mean, they they're expensive these things either way. I mean, I, so I, I just. Um, I ended up with the, uh, yeah, I ended up with the with the with the Delphi, and uh, I, yeah, just yeah, I, I love playing it. Yeah, but nice. I, did, I did go through, like I say, I think one of the things that held me back as a player was was that right hand decisions. You know, what, what do I use? Do I use a steel picks? And at, at the time, I was playing lead guitar in an, in an electric band as well. Mm-hmm. I was in a kind of, it was a, a um, I wouldn't say it was a Fleetwood Mac tribute band but we ended up doing loads of peter green stuff right right, right. huge peter green fan so going from playing like the uh, the electric guitar mm. um to then going to i mean i i was into freddie king as well at one point so freddie king uses the steel pick so i was mm-hmm. trying to use those on the, <laughs> for the peter green licks and it just wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the easiest thing it's like you say then you take them off and you, you're swapping them around it's it, it's difficult i think uh it, i would have i would have been better off if i'd have just Mm. Start, you know just stuck with one thing i think yeah yeah um, yeah but i think yeah it's one of those things you've got to, you've got to try everything to see what yeah. kind of works best for you and then and then yeah go with what you feels best um so when you we were talking a little bit earlier about um getting into slide playing yeah when you when you approached learning songs like yeah. how did you do that did you look for like tabs of it did you look for music was it just by ear um I think probably initially, uh, so I had the steel guitar. I, 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 I kind of knew some country blues stuff with, uh, you know, so I was, I was aware of what the, there was a lot going on with the right hand on the pick there. So, and I was aware of the open tunings already. So I, I, I started to find my way around the fretboard. You know, you, you can play it open, you can play it, you can borrow on the fifth fret, you can borrow it on the seventh fret. You know, so you can do that. twelve bar kind of yeah, yeah, and then you can go up to the twelve fret, and you've got you've start to get a sound, don't you? You, uh-huh. you hammer on and off, and you you start to get a sort of you know a bit of an Elmore James thing going, or uh-huh. you sort of learn some shapes. I can't remember. I, I do I do remember nineteen ninety nine the the Alvin album being uh-huh. quite quite like you say the opening track on on there. I, I, I was already playing in g i think there but it was again it was it was that right hand attack mm-hmm. but it, I, I think it was just in, in in bits and pieces you know it's like when you're learning guitar regardless of the style someone will show you something and, and it resonates with you mm. and then you start to sort of adapt it um i remember learning the um i had a, a robert johnson book with tab in it i think i got that was it scott someone Ain- ainsley scott it was mm. many years ago I yeah, the book. I but in that 
it had a, I mean, I always had a nightmare reading tab because it would show yeah. you the notes, but again, it doesn't show you the kind of, well, it, you know, the, 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 the sort of timing and everything on there. Mm. So I, I remember working out the um, walking blues kind of that, you know, that, that kind of that lick. Let's have a look. This, this one, you know. Um, that yeah. once you get that and it starts to go in there, it's like it's the gift that keeps giving, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you kind of go, oh, this sounds and then, finally sounding like you wanted to sound. Yeah, yeah. And then the realization, of course, when you listen to you know, it's uh, the, the, the rules of the blues, as you said earlier, you know, a lot of the players that, that you're not listening to don't stick to them at all. You know, they'll mm. stay, it's not 12 bars very often, it can be it can be 11 or 13 or just... Yeah, absolutely. And then when, when I'm playing nowadays, I, I very often don't stick to the actual progression in any way, shape or form. If it's, if it's, if it's sounding all right, I'm in the right place, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stay in one, one area, which is a kind of luxury of being a solo player, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm similar with uh, with keys as well. I tend to find, um, if, I'm, if, I'm playing a, if I'm playing a gig and I feel like the singing is going quite well, yeah, in one key. I tend to just play. I'll play the rest of the set in that key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you have like a specific slide that you use? Uh, so for for most most of my life, I had I had the same slide. This uh, brass, this brass one, which mm. for some miracle I managed to um, never lose. You know, I, I just, oh, really? yeah, and, and that's the same action razor that, that, that I. I had made when I first got the, um, you know, uh, the, the the Delphi, and so uh, I'm pretty good at losing stuff at gigs. So I'm, I'm, I'm just always <laughs> amazed that I've, that, I've, that I've managed to keep them. So I used this for many years, mm. and then not so long ago, um, again Martin uh, introduced me to uh, Ian from Diamond Bottlenecks, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Look, you, I think actually, I think Martin Martin was staying at my house. He was he was touring down here, mm-hmm. and he bought me he bought me one." He bought one of one of the slides, and I was kind of I was always very dis, not I'd say dismissive, but people talk about are oh, you different tones and different slides, and and, and you know, I could never really hear that much difference. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't a difference. It was I, I wondered if the, the the conversation was more perhaps appropriate for like electric players, but mm. I tried glass slides, I tried uh, ceramic ones, and and and. It was just you know you just get really used to something. This 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 one had just just got so used to it on my finger that. Yeah, I think this, I think for me it's uh, like the comfort of it is the most important mm. thing. Like if it's comfortable and it feels like it kind of fits and stuff, then yeah. uh, I wouldn't worry personally about what it's made of, um, as long as it kind of feels you know because I, yeah. I don't need to feel like it's not there. Yeah, yeah. So i mean i so i ended up with these these ones here which which are quite specific now this this is a lime lime whiskey soda bottle uh, oh, wow. yeah yeah <laughs> and um unfortunately you know they're glass and, I, and i've got you know hard floors in my house so I, I do occasionally break them and i have to mm-hmm. i always get two at a time for me in but, i mean they, I, I, these are now my go-to slide yeah so it's mm-hmm. a diamond bottleneck it's a lime whiskey soda bottle and it and it's just my <laughs> finger just perfectly yeah and uh and, and i like i like the sound i don't know um uh this uh that's the that's the 
the lime bottle. This is a that's the brass one. It's a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, there's a little bit of difference. Maybe a little bit more noise with the second one. Yeah, it's uh, again, it's probably. I just, yeah, like I said, I just like the feel of this. I, I do get a little slightly more of a sustain, I think, mm. with the, the the diamond bottleneck. Um, but no, I, 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 I like the sound of uh, my son plays slide as well. You know, he uses a glass glass slide. Mm. On, an, on a wooden acoustic seems quite good. But then, you know, it's, I think that, I think the tone perhaps is as much, or well, it's probably more affected by whether or not someone's using picks or not, or fingers. Mm-hmm. I like, my decision for using fingers um, was, was <laughs> I mean, it's, it was, a lot of it was because I had kids in the house, young children asleep upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And try playing a steel guitar quietly with steel finger picks on, you know, and neighbours banging on the wall, you know, stuff. Yeah. So I, I kind of, it was part of that and part that, you know, I, I kind of found my way more with fingers now. And it's mm. my right hand uh, approach now. I, I Yeah, I, I couldn't play with picks now. And I, and, I, and I dig behind the strings a lot, you know, and yeah. pop the strings with my fingers Mm. uh with my thumb i was really into um i still am into his playing but but yeah just, uh, mm. i don't know if you've ever listened to his stuff yeah i, I, yeah, I know the name I so he was a he was a folk player from the 60s but it's kind of like uh so a, a bit i took from him so, so this is black water black water side was a track that I, w- I worked out when i was first playing but he'll, he'll play a lot of like these kind of roles you know it's kind of like these this rolling patterns that, 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 he, that he, he, he sort of rolls mm. off on and uh i i would i mean he used a thumb pick but i mean i, I struggled to get those when i find when i've tried with picks on that the, the notes become more kind of mm-hmm. uh they blur together more i suppose yeah. you're getting more volume out of each string aren't you yeah um so no. Yeah, so I've always, I think this, and this I think comes from uh, playing classical guitar, I've always just found it feels to me more expressive to play with mm. fingers. Um, I think when I start playing with a thumb pick particularly, um, and I'm sure this you know different for everybody, but yeah. for me I think I lose the um, some of my dynamics in my yeah. thumb playing. It feels like it just gets all quite linear and similar. And I think if you're going for that kind of like... Um, like we were saying earlier, big Bill Brunsy kind of thumping yeah. bass. Mm. Then I can see why you'd want to use that. But for me, it's uh, uh, it kind of it limits me being able to be really expressive with my thumb. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I've I've experienced the same. But then I've I've heard players who are phenomenal. Yeah. With with, with, with yeah, I mean uh, Tommy Emmanuel, for example, totally shits on my argument because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's incredibly expressive. Yeah. Uh, and he uses thumb picks. But, I, but I'm with you. You know, I, I can't. I, I I struggle with them quite a lot. I think. I guess the argument with them, though, you you, you can hold them and then kind of double pick, can't you, with them? Yeah. I, I think that's one one argument with them, which obviously with fingers you can't. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, the, I, I've kind of. I don't know if if I had my time again, whether or not I'd, I'd use a different approach. I, mm. Just probably not. It's quite nice not having to have anything more than the bottleneck and the guitar. Well, that's yeah. I mean, I'm very uh, utilitarian with my whole approach to guitar playing. You know, I'd like I'd love to be able to just turn up somewhere, 
yeah. the guitar and my hands, you know, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no pedal board, no, you know, um, you know, not too much faffing with having to put finger picks on and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, so along with the, the guitars, I mean, the, the, the older ones I've had, you know, problems miking with over the years, but you're saying about just not a lot of stuff. I've got an old, um, which I use for pub gigs, uh, an AER 100 watt, uh, domino, um, amp. Mm. primarily again it's just so i haven't got any more than that you just go up it's the vocals go through it the guitar goes through it yeah just one guitar recently um for a bit of a prima donna you know i've been, I've been having three guitars at, at gigs <laughs> like a, a, a g a d and uh and uh and the lap, the lap oh, of course yes of a different tune which is something i never really wanted to do you know i just wanted like one guitar and then just tune them in between but i just enjoy playing them you know they, they, they each give a slightly different sound and it's it, it, I don't know about yourself, but it just forces me to play slightly differently with a different guitar. Yeah, I, I definitely find that. And I think it, um, like if certainly if you're playing, like when I'm playing gigs and I'm doing things in multiple tunings, Yeah. if I don't have a couple of guitars, I, I yeah, I don't like to have to stop and tune really. Yeah. Um, and I find, you know, I don't, you know, depending on what tuning I'm going to and from, I don't really want one guitar to have all that tension moving mm. uh, in the space of one gig. So yeah, definitely if I'm, I'm doing multiple tunings, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, but generally, I think like um, every guitar I have, I pick it up and I play something slightly different on it. Mm. And I don't know what that is, but it's whatever it is, it, you know, I find it quite useful because I, you know, I get into playing. Um, if I'm playing on my Dreadnought, for example, yeah. I'll pick it up and I'll instantly start playing, you know, something kind of hot tunery or yeah. you know, something bluegrassy. I think because it's, I don't know, whatever that is about guitars that you've got, you pick them up and you start playing something slightly different. Mm. Yeah, I, I found with 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 both of these that that, that yeah, it does it does force me to play differently. Mm. And um, I think you know, it, I mean I haven't I haven't got a new guitar for a while, but when when you when you get a new guitar that you really want, you know, it it, it does up your game, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Thing, you end up you end up playing better, I think. It's like, uh, but it's like anything that gives you that sort of spark of inspiration. I think, um, you know, going going to a gig gives you the same kind of thing. Like you yeah. come home with a whole load of new ideas. It's like, oh, I've got to try that. I saw this guy doing that and that's amazing. Or when you hear, a, you know, an album or a recording or something, um, you know, I've got to work that out because it'd be yeah. really to do that, you know. Yeah. What about, do you ever work out slide pieces or, or, or things that people are doing on the slide? No, I mean, there's, there's some things that I... Um, like I'll watch guys on YouTube giving lessons about, right. you know, pieces that I want to learn. Um, it's nothing, nothing I've ever really worked out from ear slide stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because I, I probably don't have the confidence that I could do it if I, if I, even if I work it out. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, cause I've got, I've got to a point where I'm, I've got quite competent at working out finger style stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you need to, I can need to sort of switch my mindset up a little bit to try and work out um, what, what's going on with the slide stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, so I said, like, uh, you know, you, you sort of have your, you look back at your guitar kind of um, sort of life, you know, your life with music, if you like, with mm. the guitar. And I, I had a few songs that, that really, you know, like the Bert Yance one, the, the Black Water side, it was in, it's in drop D. And it's a, a lot of that stuff, I, you know, those roles I use, mm. I sort of went from, he didn't play slide or, I mean, he did play blues, but it was, Different to the, the stuff that I do, and but the, the, that kind of right hand roll approach, I took that and then used it in in the sort of open GD kind of mm -hmm. tuning stuff. Um, the 
the other one was uh, the House Carpenter, Kelly Joe Phelps song. Mm-hmm. Ever heard that one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still that would still be my desert island disc. You know, if I had to, yeah. Pick one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that opening track to me is 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 amazing. You know what what he's doing there, and it's it's mm-hmm. something that keeps giving because you know the, you, every so often I go back to it. And uh, it's a thing, you know, and I think, wow, you know, what, what, what a phenomenal piece of music. Mm. But something he talked about was that idea of tension and release within songs. So, mm-hmm. and, and that House Carpenter, if you listen to some of the licks in, in there, he has that kind of constant uh, tension and, and resolve in there. So I, 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 I did work out a number of the licks in, in that one, mm-hmm. which, which I've used. And, and more than anything, that idea, I think, that one, um, so I'll, tr- tr- I'll show you what I mean. I suppose it's a. So this obviously it's a, this is upright here. It was on the, on the lap, but let's. Um, so uh, and and he goes then he goes back to yeah. again, back to so you've got that kind of like a you know kind of like it's mm-hmm. about to go, about to go about to go and then then he resolves up on you know back to the D again mm. um and that's something that i think especially in, in that period when he was doing the lap the lap stuff was something that you got the whole time through when you watched the gigs yeah that kind of like and it's it's the same as a kind of i guess it's the same it's, it's like a, it's what BB King's doing, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it is. But that's effectively like most blues solos. It's just it's just going from that that creating the tension, releasing, yeah. creating. I mean, actually, most music really. Yeah, yeah. Um, is when you know when um, when you're listening to anything, particularly jazz standards and stuff. You're, yeah. You you spend the whole time searching for that release. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why if you listen to a two five one with a lot of like chord augmentation and stuff going yeah. on, you're kind of you you hit you know where it needs to go and yeah. you're waiting for it to get there. And then when it gets there, it you know, it obviously triggers something in your brain that makes you feel great. Um mm. but yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you see that kind of across so many different different genres and ways of playing. Yeah. And 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 then you've got to try and you you you've got to get your licks down or, or whatever you're playing in, in in a way that you can express that. Yeah. You know, which is um, what I say. Ask about like working stuff out because it's. I think we said at the beginning. I you know I was saying about how I, you know I enjoyed improvising and most of the stuff I do is improvised. But you, you, in order to get there, you have to learn the songs, don't you? And 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 the bits before you can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need to build the vocabulary. Yeah. To then be able to use it is kind of the way that I think about it. I mean, I guess yeah, you 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 must come across similar stuff when you're doing martial arts. Um, training and stuff but like if there's if there's stuff you want to be able to execute you need to you need to make sure you've got the base you know kind of built up yeah able to do it and uh, i guess that's like i mean it's like a lot of things isn't it if you want want to run a marathon you need to make sure that you can definitely run a mile yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um yeah that's interesting it's a it's the same crossover though it's it's exactly the same i mean i I coach like i said martial artists Mm. um and it's exactly the same you know you you, you're in order to compete, you know, you have to, you have to have your, your tools down and you have to, you know, that's nothing more than repetition. Absolutely. I think actually, if you take something like um, jujitsu, for example, mm. um, you can't just learn the submissions. No. Because that won't, you know, 
it's a bit like if you went to a gig and you just learned licks mm. you don't know how to how to react to them spontaneously happening yeah. um and if you don't know how to piece them together and kind of you know where they come from then mm. it's, it's kind of useless you can you can know seven or eight different submissions yeah but yeah if you don't know how to get into them or out of them yeah it's, it's, it's exactly that isn't it exactly yeah. That. yeah it's really interesting so in terms of um writing how much writing do you do uh so <laughs> um i'm laughing because i'm just again i mean i i jam a lot with my son he's back from, uh, from university at the moment and we, we we play play guitar together a lot he's he's, he's a sort of prolific songwriter right he churned them out and when i was when i was younger i did as well you know so i recorded uh uh you know albums and, uh, and played and uh i just used to write all the time mm. and i thought that well this is just the way it is it just keeps coming but um, you know just the you know what's the expression like the, the river runs dry sometimes mm. for, <laughs> for long periods and, and I, I, i've no idea why or how you know uh, so i've recently i've written another stuff i'm going to record i've got about another 10 tracks to record mm. um so I have been writing again. I, I, I love writing songs. I, I love writing lyrics. Um, just I, I've no idea why, but sometimes I go through periods of, of months on end where, where I'm just writing loads, and mm. you know I can be doing something else. And it's I, I now sort of speak them into my phone, so I don't yeah, forget. It's you know, writing in a bottle things, isn't yeah, it? You yeah. it before it flies away. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a good analogy. I, I, I do that and. But I went through a period, I don't know, it must have been a good five or six years. And the more I tried, the more frustrated I got and, mm. and nothing was coming out. And when I did, you know, when I look back on them, they were awful. Um, it's all, I'm often at my worst when I'm really into somebody and I'm, I've been listening to one person too much. And I'm kind of like sounding like a very bad imitation of, of something yeah, else. Yeah, and, and it frustrates me, you know, I listen to... I'm often better when I'm listening to a whole range of different types of music, and and then I can sit there and just relax, you know. And it and and it's also it's it's like anything else, isn't it? That that it's it's a skill that you can you do get better at it the the more you do it. Yeah. And there are there are rules, not say rules as such within songwriting, but there are ways of approaching it um, in a kind of traditional sense with a you know verses, chorus, middle eights, this kind of thing there that that will give you a high percentage of hit, hit or misses. Mm -hmm. um, but then I guess probably like a lot of guitar players, you, you, you're always looking to try and break boundaries and, and not sit within those. So it's, again, it's that push pull, isn't it? That tension, but no, yeah, I, 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 do, I do write quite a lot. Yeah. Where do you release your stuff? Um, well, I don't really. <laughs> I mean, I, so I recorded <laughs> a, when, when I used to play a lot. So I, I played for about 10 years. Uh, again, I was primarily sort of background music, yeah, um, and gigs. I mean, I, I would do, you know, I would obviously play uh, for people, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. But in the week, a lot it was just sort of background stuff. But I would sell CDs back then, so mm -hmm. I had one original uh, album that I did. I did a, a double CD of all the old blue stuff, you mm -hmm. know, like sort of traditional. And then I had, I used to get asked a lot for. This is how long ago it was like back in the days of Oasis and stuff, you know, play Wonderwall, play, you know, play this, play that. <laughs> and in the end, it was just okay. So I just <laughs> had versions of so many songs on the lap slide or on the upright, you know, <laughs> you know a, a sun house version of Wonderwall or something, you know. So 
I, and I did I I did a, a, a twenty tracks of that stuff as well. So I'd record those. Um, are those anyway. anywhere online, or are they just? No, no, no. They're, they're CDs. I've got. I've still got. I think I've got one of the original CDs. I think on my Bandcamp, it's got two two of those from the original album on there. Mm. Um, my voice definitely would would hit higher higher notes back then. <laughs> there's a couple on there. Uh, all of, all the newer stuff I've done. I put a track out on Bandcamp uh, six months ago, just just as an experiment, really. I mean, it's yeah. sold it's sold quite well. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's called Factory Song. It's uh, and that was recorded on this little Zoom box thing. But I'm kind of like uh, in limbo at the moment. I, I, I don't know whether or not to book a load of studio time, just go and record that, or carry on with. I mean, the reason that I haven't got anything out at the moment is because I've been faffing about with different recording methods now for so long you know and teaching yourself what to do and then trying to mix stuff and and it's kind of enjoyable but there are people who who are already very good at that stuff that I should probably just go and, and record there but it, you know it's like it just it's fun isn't it so you, you yeah absolutely yeah. what about yourself yeah I so last few years I've recorded and released quite a lot um I, I everything I release is instrumental yeah um I did I did an album of collaborations that was quite cool and that was um I did a lot of that was kind of Middle Eastern music. Oh wow. Fingerstyle guitar stuff. But I you know, I collaborated with an oud player in uh from Turkey and then um a clarinet player and I had a sitar on one of the, it just if yeah. you, you know, I kind of had a few strange instruments going on, which was really cool. Um and then last year I released one that was um it was a solo bass recording, uh, a couple of tracks, but yeah, in terms of guitar stuff, I think uh, over the last few years, I've released sort of little EPs here and there. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, because everything I do is instrumental, um, yeah. I record it all pretty much myself. Right. Um, but it's because it's one guitar and one microphone usually, so yeah. it's, it's enough. I, I can handle that. Um, yeah. And there's, yeah, there's not the huge amount of mixing and stuff that goes on. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've I've had... I've been. I just bought this little studio uh, Zoom thing that I've been. I've been mucking about with mm. and, and mixing them on 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 a on the laptop. But no, I mean, I'm I'm in I'm in the middle of of recording a load of, load more stuff at the moment. Oh. But uh, I, and I just put them on my Bandcamp. Yeah, that's great. Well, see. Bandcamp's great because I think you can you can directly support you know yeah and stuff on it. I think you know my stuff goes on to. Um, uh, Apple Music and Spotify and right. all that stuff, which basically means it's free, and it's like yeah. I'm quite happy for it to be free. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, you know what? I mean, I'd, I'd put my stuff out there. I, I'm so I'm so useless with technology stuff that I don't even know how to do it. So I mean, I, I'll have to. Uh, <laughs> you have to let me know what to work. Yeah, to yeah, do. I can help you out with that. <laughs> just stick it on there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really too fussed about it. It's just the band camp. You know, I, I just I worked out what to do. You know, transport yeah, yeah. file. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Release right it's there. <laughs> sorry cool right well that was that was great to chat to you rich yeah Um, really really cool um your podcast your regular podcast the the philosophy one you want to give it a little plug yeah that's um the spinoza triad um we we just it's um yeah we just find out about different thinkers and uh try and get a new thinker or idea chat chat about them read about whoever it is and then just just it's uh not too formal you know we just talk about ideas yeah it's really really cool sometimes i stick it on when i've got long drives oh cheers try and educate myself a little bit (laughs) 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 going up the m1 Uh, (coughs) great 
but yeah awesome to talk to you man um, yeah really, really good to meet you and um yeah we'll have to set someone up maybe you me and martin we could do one together that would be good fun brilliant yeah. wicked thanks very much Are you fully fretboard confident? Do you know where the notes are, how they connect and how they move up and down the strings? My latest book, The Triad Method, is all about using simple three note shapes to completely unlock the fretboard. This book is absolutely full of light bulb moments that are going to demystify the neck three notes at a time. I've compiled a huge number of diagrams, shapes and exercises based on over 10 years of teaching this stuff to make it as simple as possible. Download The Triad Method and see for yourself today. Link is in the description below.